Shine bright like a diamond. Find light in the beautiful sea. I choose to be happy. You and I, we're like diamonds in the sky. You're a shooting star, I see. A vision of beauty. And when you see me, I'm alive. We're like diamonds in the sky. These lyrics to Rihanna's 2012 pop song, Diamonds, speak to our theme for this month. In fact, the entire song, with a few strategically changed lyrics, you'll hear those changed lyrics next week. But that is kind of our anthem for this month. Because each and every one of us, we all came into this life to shine to shine bright like a diamond, to glow, to radiate, to be ablaze with the brilliance of the divine shining forth as us. Now, perhaps we think we need a bit of polishing, or maybe the rough edges could be softened, or perhaps a layer of soot and grime could be cleaned off. But regardless of any of that, at our core... There is brilliance with a capital B, and it sits patiently waiting to shine forth. So I want you to say with me now, I am bright like a diamond, and I'm ready to shine. I'm bright like a diamond, and I'm ready to shine. Now turn to your neighbor. Turn to someone else and get a little silly with me and say, you are so bright. I think I need shades. You're so bright. I think I need shades. Exactly. Now, to help you remember how brightly we're meant to shine, we've got a special gift for you. Um, And we're going to be passing those around now. Thanks to the talent, diligence, and selflessness of someone who always seems to be right in the center of the amazing things happening here, our incredible Miss Mona Ross. We're handing out these magical little Easter eggs. Tony, you get your Easter egg. You don't even have to hunt for it. The kids are not the only ones who get to enjoy some goodies this year. And a few of them are actually in little drawstring bags by themselves because they ran out of eggs. Um, But inside each egg or drawstring pouch, you'll find a colorful glass prism and a little suction cup with a hook. So you can put it up in a window to catch the light and dazzle you into remembering how brightly you shine. Each of those prisms is completely different. And my hope is that you'll select the egg that contains the one that really resonates with you. And if we run out, which I don't think we're going to, but if we do, let me know. And I will bring next week, because you'll have to wait a week, a super special, extra sparkly prism that we're selling in the bookstore. It's actually quite large. I'll bring, I'll bring an extra special one. But I think we made enough, so I may not have to. We will arise and shine into our brilliance this sacred Easter morning as we explore the metaphysics behind three Easter events. The darkness of the crucifixion, the light of the resurrection, and finally the brilliance 
of the ascension. And as we explore these aspects of the Easter story, we'll see that it can be our story. The story of how we can shine the brilliance of God in, as, and through us. Because in New Thought, we look at everything in the Bible as allegorical for our lives. Everything in it is a story that's relative to us and our developing relationship with the divine. So first comes the darkness of the crucifixion. In the Easter story, as well as in our story, moving to the light of the resurrection and then to the brilliance of the ascension begins with the darkness of the crucifixion. And if you were here on Good Friday, you had a really powerful spiritual experience as we intimately examined the seven last phrases Jesus said on the cross. And I want to look at what was going on right about when he said his second. He'd been crucified between two other men. One was a thief, whom the government had also condemned to death. One of them reviled him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, whom the Bible calls Dismas, and who might have heard Jesus' teachings, rebutted that they were being punished for their wrongs, but that this man has done nothing amiss. Turning to Jesus, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. To this person who had taken responsibility for their negative choices and actions, Jesus made the promise, today shall you be with me in paradise. The Bible tells us that on the day Jesus was crucified, darkness fell upon the land from the sixth to the ninth hour. And on the ninth hour, he died. In Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse 51, it says that when Jesus died, the curtains at the door of the temple were torn from top to bottom. So the curtains of the temple spontaneously fall down in shreds and tatters, and a great earthquake occurs, causing some of the tombs to open up and release the spirits of those who were in them. This time of crucifixion was incredibly dark, incredibly scary to say the least, and the people were understandably terrified. There was chaos all around them, and for many, it seemed as if all was lost. That which they believed in was being destroyed. From the human point of view, from the viewpoint of the facts in the material world, a death had occurred, horribly and tragically, and it surely was a devastating moment. Remember, in metaphysics, we look at everything in the Bible as allegorical to our lives. Everything in it is a story that's relative to us and our developing relationship to the divine. So with that in mind, can we not see ourselves in the darkness of a moment like that at times in our lives? Who hasn't faced a devastating, scary, sad, horrific time? A time when 
someone or something very, very important to us has been removed from our lives, where we've experienced pain and heartbreak, where it seems like so much has been lost, where we cannot see the light, or said another way, where we have lost our connection with source. Have we not all had a time in our lives that we could metaphorically equate with what the people experienced in that darkness of the crucifixion? Maybe not just one time, but perhaps even over and over again. Some of you may be going through the darkness of a crucifixion in your life right now. And if you are, I'm so glad that you came here to have this experience because this could change everything. Beyond our individual struggles, I think, I think our nation, our world is going through a giant collective darkness right now. I'm not speaking solely of the horrific wars and conflicts that are happening and have been happening all over the world since time immemorial, but rather about the bigger picture. Collectively, Humanity is in a chaos mode where old systems and old ways of thinking and behaving are breaking down. They can no longer hold the evolution that is wanting to come forth, so they must die. And even though it feels dark and it's scary, there must be that death of the old ways. Or said differently for purposes again today, that crucifixion before we can have a resurrection. In fact, the darkness of that crucifixion is what opens the way for the light of the resurrection. The 19th century German philosopher Johann Wolfgang von Goethe Yes, I did look that up. To be a traveler on this earth, you must know how to die and come to life again. Which brings us to the light of the resurrection. It is as we awaken to the light, even a little bit, that we come to life again. That light, that light of resurrection is spoken of in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. When the first day of the week began to dawn, there came Mary of Magdala and the other Mary to see the tomb. In Mark and Luke, we are told that they came with oils and spices to anoint the body. Now, I certainly don't know what was going on in their minds, but I wonder if there wasn't something in them looking for some light in that darkness when they went there. Looking for some light in that feeling of loss. You think? I mean, they knew Jesus had died. They witnessed it. But in them, could there have been a glimmer of light that this wasn't the end? I don't think it's unreasonable to say so. And just that tiny little glimmer of light is all that's needed to begin that resurrection experience. Matthew chapter 28 goes on to say, the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and went up and rolled away the stone from the door and sat upon it. His appearance 
was like lightning and his garments were white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards who were watching trembled and became as if they were dead. But the angel answered, saying to the women, you need not be afraid, for I know that you're seeking Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Even when everything appears dead in our lives, if we awaken enough, just enough to see a glimmer of light, we will arise and shine into new levels of life, new levels of love. In The Science of Mind, on page 413, Ernest Holmes says, to practice the presence of God, is to awaken within us the Christ consciousness. Christ is God in the soul of humankind. The resurrection is the death of the belief that we are separate from God. For death is to the illusion alone and not to reality. God did not die. What happened was that we awoke to life. The awakening must be on our part since God already is life. This is the promise of Easter. Easter is the awakening to life, the coming of the light, the beginning of brilliance. In the words of Walter Starkian, it's all God. The breaking up of old forms is Easter's prelude to a new level of life on earth. Death and resurrection don't come once in a lifetime. Every time there's a divorce, a partner dies, one loses a job, or every time there is any shift in consciousness whatsoever, the old identity dies and a new one is born. Every shift in consciousness brings on an identity crisis if we understand and welcome our personal Easter's we will be born again into a better place unfortunately we've been trained to believe that crucifixion that dark or shadow side represents failure and should be avoided Instead, when we see it as the flip side of resurrection, as no more than a stage in the creative and divine process, we will come out triumphant. Every time we shine the light of truth onto the negativity of the world, or the negativity that's taking up space in our minds, we experience the light of the resurrection. As the Apostle Paul said, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. This beautiful Easter morning, I invite you to renew your mind about who you are. Are you going to agree with your smallness or your greatness? With your dullness or your brilliance? In other words, about your separation from or your connection to source. When you have a small or dull or separating thought about who and whose you are, a thought that shuts down your greatness and brilliance, 
a thought that brings about a sense of separation, you have 10 seconds to shift it. Why? Because at about that 10-second mark, you will say these words, consciously or unconsciously, you'll say the equivalent of, I agree. You will affirm that negative, that separating thought, and what you agree with, you bring into your experience. So what if today, what if today you stop agreeing with your smallness and dullness and separation and start agreeing with your greatness and your brilliance and your oneness with the divine? Because when you begin to do that, the true miracle occurs the miracle of the ascension of our consciousness to a higher level, to take it from where it is now to another upward turn around the spiral of evolution. And that is a brilliant thing, a thing which brings us to the brilliance of the ascension. In the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, beginning at verse 36, he says, And while they they meaning the disciples, while they were discussing these things, Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you, it is I. Do not be afraid. They were confused and frightened, for they thought they saw a spirit, rightfully so. Jesus then spent the next bit of time proving who he was and that he was alive, topping it off with asking for and then getting something to eat, and then speaking about the fulfillment of prophecy. The scripture then reads, And he said to them, I will send upon you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he parted from them and went up to heaven. Hear this. Hear this again. I will send upon you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is important because in metaphysical Bible study, we look at references to city to mean our minds. More precisely, a place in our minds where the good and truth conjoin. Jesus says to them, stay in this place in your mind until illumination comes. Until the brilliance of the ascended consciousness is upon you. And I believe that this, my friends, I believe that this is that second coming of Christ. The second coming may not be when Jesus in the flesh descends upon humankind, but when, rather when we each ascend into the brilliant beings of God that we already are but may not already know. Jesus himself said in John 14, 12, and I'm paraphrasing, greater things than I have done will you so do. He says it all right there. 
So ascend to that greatness. Today is a very, very powerful day. And those things to which you commit today, they'll have a lifelong effect in your life. Are you ready to be the embodiment of the allegorical second coming of the Christ by realizing that the darkness of the crucifixion, each dark time in our lives, is part of our Easter story? An important part, and choosing to trust God even in the midst of it. Today, will you awaken to the light of Christ consciousness and be resurrected into God's peace and power and love? Today, will you commit to letting go of smallness and dullness and a sense of separation and rather ascend into the fullness and the wholeness and the greatness and the brilliance of who and whose you are as a being of the divine. My hope, my prayer is that in this very moment this morning, you truly connect and say yes to these things, that you commit within your mind and your heart as deeply and firmly as is ever possible, that these are your truths. Because if you do, the master teacher, all the work that he did, his work was not done in vain. Remember, my friends, you and I, We're diamonds in the sky, and our charge is to arise and to shine as the glory of God here on earth. And so let it be. Amen.